are listening to the Healthy Leader Podcast with Tracy Fisher, episode number 38. Welcome to the Healthy Leader Podcast, where it's all about optimizing your health, energy, and performance for your mind and your body. And now, your host, Master Coach Tracy Fisher. It's the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) Yeah. I did just do that. You can see why singing is not my forte, (laughs) but I am filled with joy today and I'm super, super excited about this particular podcast. And right now it is the most exciting time of the year for me personally. It is the end of the year It is the holiday season. It's a time to connect and to think about hope and faith and peace and joy. And as we all know, it's a time for temptation and urges and urges to do things that we know are not necessarily very healthy for us to overdrink, to overeat, to yell at our in-laws or to be upset with how family members are interacting with us. And so today I want to give you some tools to help you move through the holiday season and also any season that you are in right now in the healthiest way possible. Now, before I dive into this, if you have not already listened to the previous episode on managing urges, I highly encourage you to stop listening to this one and go back and listen to managing urges first, because I detail really what an urge is and where they come from. And I talk about why resisting an urge, which is what many of us do, is not the way to success. And in fact, it's often overwhelming and very difficult, and we end up sabotaging ourselves. And so understanding that basic information and how that all works is foundational to this podcast. And I want to give you some specific tools to help you manage urges in the moment and even before that moment comes. And I also want to give you, I'm very excited about this, a different way for you to think about your habits, your healthy habits, and also your not so healthy habits. And this is really important because We spend so much time and so much energy thinking about our habits. And I think that most of us don't realize how much energy this takes. Just earlier this week, somebody was saying to me, Tracy, I do not want to go my whole life spending this much time thinking about my food and whether or not I should eat it or I shouldn't eat it. And is this going to affect my weight or how much working out should I do? Is it always going to be like this? And I said to them, no, it's not. And I often hear people say, you know what? I am not going to not have a celebratory drink on New Year's Eve, or I am not going to not have drinks with my buddies on Thursday night after bowling, or I don't want to not have my grandma's pecan pie at Thanksgiving dinner. 
And so there's this all of this energy, even beforehand, thinking about protocols and the future. And then in the moment, there's so much energy. Like, I should I have this? Should I not have this? I said I wasn't going to, but now I really want to. And I've been really good. And this is a special occasion. And I don't want to live my life like this. And it's the holidays. And there's all this chatter that happens in the moment. And guess what? It also happens afterwards. When we look back and think, oh my gosh, I should not have had that last drink. Why do I always do that? Or I shouldn't have procrastinated on that. Oh, what is wrong with me? Why do I keep getting stuck in this cycle? And there is so much energy around habits. And when we truly learn how to self-lead around those habits, then we can save a lot of energy and a lot of time. Now, there is this really cool phenomena that happens when I am working with people around their habits, whether it's overeating or over drinking or over procrastinating or fill in your blank. And the way that we start organizing the habits is by focusing in on relationships. We organize into, of course, personal and professional relationships, but the most important relationship and the one that we disregard the most often is what I call our private relationships. And that is the relationship that we have with ourselves. And that is the most important relationship of all. And we can use habits and our internal dialogue, our mental chatter, and our mental, emotional, and physical energy states to not only change our habits, but also to use those habits to transform ourselves in the way that we think, not just about habits, but about all of our relationships. And so we break through this very common mentality of, listen, I know that I should take care of myself and I am going to do it as soon as I get this project completed or as soon as I get this last kid off to college or as soon as I get this business to where I need it to be or as soon as my retirement account gets to X amount of dollars, right? <laughs> it is such a common mentality and socially acceptable way to live. And leaders know, we know intellectually that it's not right, but we really haven't made the connection of how powerful self-leadership is, not only for our own benefit and for our own life fulfillment and our own health and longevity, but also for those who we lead. And it is not uncommon for people to start taking care of themselves and realize the better their relationship with themselves is, the better they take care of themselves, the more joy they create in their own lives. And of course, that cascades to the way that they interact with other people and the way that they lead other people. So let's start by talking about this really cool concept of pleasure versus joy. And I believe it is critical to understand the difference between the two and the interplay between the two so that we can understand 
urges and the connection to pleasure and understand how we can create joy. And I'm going to give you those tools that you can use today to create more joy and to understand urges and pleasure. So we'll start off by differentiating between pleasure and joy. Now, the first place that I believe that I ever really started to comprehend the difference was with Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, which I absolutely love. I've read it a couple of times and I'm going to bring it with me on my vacation coming up and reread it because I think it is that powerful. And he talks about this distinction between pleasure and joy. And also you can find it in many other spiritual texts and also, you know, yoga sutras. And the fundamental differentiation is that pleasure lies within our outer world and joy comes from our inner world. I'm going to say that again. Pleasure is always something outside of you that gives you pleasure, whereas joy comes from the inside. So an easy way to really think about this is to think in terms of your senses, in terms of your sight and your smell and your taste and your touch and hearing. And there is pleasure in let's say, touch. So you can go to get a massage or a manicure or a pedicure, and that feels pleasurable to your body. For smell, you think about beautiful flowers or scented candles and the pleasure that that brings to our body through the sense of smell. And of course, there are things that we can do, like eat food, drink alcohol, watch Netflix, play on social media, read, work that also give us pleasure. And those things come from the external environment. And pleasure is a great thing. (laughs) It's part of being human. And it's certainly part of the holidays. I'm looking around here and I see it in my own home with the decorations that I have put out and the scented candles and have so many lights. I love doing that. And the way that we just in general take care of our home and the things that we purchase. And there is a pleasure to this. And we for sure use these external things on purpose for pleasure. And oftentimes that pleasure or that setting that we are creating allows us to also feel joy, to feel grateful, to feel connected to other people, to feel prosperous, to feel gratitude for the things that we have. So I want you to know that I do think that pleasure, for sure, (laughs) is a positive thing. And we don't necessarily need to think of it as something that prevents joy It can certainly add to our joy and too much pleasure, seeking too much pleasure outside of ourselves can be at the expense of our joy. Or because we don't have joy, we seek out pleasure. We basically are compensating for our own lack of joy creation with pleasure. And this is a really, really important concept that I want you to get because there is never, ever, ever enough pleasure in the world that will compensate if we have a lack 
of joy. In fact, the pursuit of too much food, too much Netflix, too much rest, too much work, too much fill in the blank of whatever your pleasure is, the pursuit of that actually can prevent our joy. And this is a hard sell. It's a hard sell because we have other people who are selling pleasure to us constantly. That's how people make money. They sell food. They sell alcohol. They sell cars, clothes, homes, luxury items, all sorts of things. Just think about TikTok and Amazon, and they are selling people having a good time and looking good because of something that you need to purchase, that you need to get from outside of yourself. And so we sell pleasure thinking that this is going to create joy. And it's not. And we know that it's not. But sometimes it's hard to resist the sell. And so the question becomes is how do we sell ourselves on joy? How do we create joy? That immense feeling of extreme delight or gladness. One of the definitions that I came across for joy that I absolutely loved is an exaltation of the spirit arising from a sense of well-being. So the way that we create that is from within. And it takes a lot of practice. It certainly is not a quick hit like pleasure. (laughs) And Eckhart Tolle says that it's a constant practice to create the source of joy. And the way that we do that circles all the way back to focusing in on our private relationship, the relationship that we have with ourselves and our own hearts and our own minds and what we believe, what we believe about our circumstances, what we believe about other people, what we believe about ourselves, and what we believe about the world in general. Those beliefs are what create our feelings of joy. And this seems very simple, and it is, but it is not always easy. And I will always remember this story that Donna, who is just this amazing unity minister, used to tell. And it had to do with her living in Hawaii and watching the beautiful sunset. And she tells the story of one time being there, and I guess it was at a public place where there were tourists, and everybody was just quiet and watching the sunset. And then somebody said, isn't that the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen? And there was just this quiet. And Donna says she was filled with joy. And then just a few moments later, she heard somebody say, it's just another sunset. It looks just like the ones that we see in North Carolina. I don't know what the big deal is. (laughs) And that is a beautiful example of the same situation, the same circumstance, the same sunset, and very, very different 
beliefs. Deciding how you are going to view the world is the crux of creating joy. And as I said, it's a simple concept, but it's not necessarily easy to do. And it's really not easy for leaders who are trained to look for what is wrong so that they can figure it out ahead of time, get ahead of it, and fix it. We have a very strong negativity bias and Often, many leaders have a negative opinion about themselves, and we all have not been taught to understand that the way that we think is what creates our joy, not what we have, not what we produce, not what a drink or food or some decoration or home creates for us. That's pleasure, but what we think about those things is what creates joy. And oftentimes, especially around the holidays or around tax season or the end of the quarter or the beginning of the school season or fill in the blank of a certain busy time of year, we're focusing on that, how much we have to do and how little time we have to do it and how busy we are. And what we end up doing is seeking out pleasure so that we will feel better and we forget that joy is what comes from within. And that in the midst of whatever is going on, that we always, always have the opportunity to bring joy into our moments. And so now I want to give you some tools that you can use to do just that. And the first one has to do with recognizing all of the chatter that is going on in your mind and to bring yourself to the point where you actually are noticing what is going on in there and what's bothering you and noticing your thoughts and hearing what you are actually thinking. I often work with people who want to dismiss their chatter or to judge it before they can even explore it. So for example, I work with a lot of doctors or chiropractors, dentists, and orthodontists, and they will start to say, hey, listen, I had this patient in the office and they were asking for something that they know that we totally cannot provide. And I was starting to feel a little annoyed by them. And then somewhere in the middle of the story, they go, and I know I shouldn't. It's not that big a deal. I really want to serve my patients. You know, just forget it. I shouldn't feel that way. And that's where I say, no, 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 no. Let's hear what it is that you actually are thinking because we want to know what is going on in our brains. We want to hear that mental chatter because it is an insight to see what is taking away our joy, what we are believing that is encouraging us to seek pleasure instead of creating joy in that moment. And that's the crux of this, is finding your thoughts in the present moment and using the negative energy or the agitation or the urges or the anger or the frustration or the overwhelm and using that as a signal to say, aha, this is where I get to now be present in this moment to my own mind chatter. So that's the first thing. And that doesn't take any more time. It just takes some awareness 
and consciousness to witness the stories that you are telling and what is going on in your head and where you are spending your mental energy. The second piece has to do with practicing joy to literally shifting our mind and to really start thinking about what it is that creates the feeling of joy within us. So take a moment and think about that. What creates joy within you? What in your life, who in your life brings you joy? So for me, when I'm thinking about this, the first thing that I do is I go to the people who are closest to me and I go to my children and think about the joy that I feel around them. I think about my daughter who is pursuing a career in the arts and working her butt off to become her vision. I have such admiration for her and I feel such pride for her when I think about who she is and who she is becoming. She has a birthday that's coming up. She's going to be 21 and she behaves like she's been on this earth for 50 years. I'm so proud of her. I feel so much love and so much joy when I think about who she is and who she is becoming. And it's the same for my sons. I have one son who has dedicated his life to the service of our country. He is in the Air Force and it's very important to him. And it brings me pride for sure. And also such joy as I go back and think about him as a young child, always creating games and situations where he was standing up for the bad guy. And he still does it when we're having conversations and in his work. And it's just an amazing thing to witness. And it brings me such joy. And my other son (laughs) is also completely dedicated to service in a very different way and is in the financial industry. And he also has always been into numbers. And I think back to when he was very young and maybe frustrated about something. All I would have to do is say, hey, what is seven times seven? Or what is 151 minus 138? And he would just pause (laughs) And he would come up with the answer. And sometimes that was just enough of a break for him to come back to his amazing big heart. And I was just able to see that big heart again in the midst of a family tragedy that we had and how he interacted with his young cousin. It's just such a beautiful thing. And there is the capability to bring joy in the midst of sorrow. So even in the midst of difficulties that we all have, that my children have, there is such joy, such pride, such gratitude right in the middle of it. If I take the time to practice it and to go back and to create that energy in my life. So I ask you to do the same, especially with the people who are close to you, because we know that they are the ones who can also push our buttons and to think about them 
and why you love them and how they create so much joy in your life and how grateful you are for them. And then also think about your work and how you are in service to somebody, something, some ideal, and to go back to why you are doing that. For me, when I think about you and the people that I work with, Right now, I can feel it in my body. I don't have to go very far or for very long to recognize that this work, I'm almost going to get a little teary-eyed here, brings me such joy. I am doing and being and practicing the work that brings me joy. And when I start to look at deadlines and my schedule and think about strategies and what's coming up for this next year, and if I start to feel overwhelmed or nervous, I can easily, if I so choose to, come back to this feeling of joy. So that's the second piece, to find the joy in the people around you, in the work that you do, and yes, in the scenario that you find yourself in, in the challenge you find yourself in right now. Find the joy in your life right now exactly as it is. And then that brings us to this final piece where I'm kind of bringing together that last episode on managing urges and creating healthy habits and being in those situations where it's uncomfortable, where we want to have pleasure, we want to drink, we want to eat, we want to procrastinate, we want to fill in again whatever it is that you are over-pleasuring with. And I use the term over-pleasuring on purpose because remember, pleasure in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's when we use it to the point of harming ourselves or keeping ourselves from living the life that we want to live, that is when it becomes over-pleasuring. So think about that. Think about right now where you might be fighting for pleasure. (laughs) And this makes me think of when I'm talking with someone and they're like, really, am I never, ever going to be able to do X? Or no, I am not going to take that out of my life. Or no, I'm not willing to let go of that pleasure. Think about what that pleasure is for you and how big of a hold it has over your mind and the mind chatter. And notice if you are using pleasure in a way that ends up giving you a negative effect. And then ask yourself, why? Why am I using this? Why, if over drinking is making miserable the next day, why am I doing it? Why, if this food is making me overweight and unhealthy, why am I eating it? Why, if this procrastination is causing me financial issues or relationship issues or work issues, why am I doing it? And the answer may come in the form of an emotion. You might say, I'm really angry or I'm depressed or I'm overwhelmed or I'm sad or I'm happy. Or the answer might come in the form of pointing outward to an external event because I just got fired, because I just got promoted, because I have all of these holiday parties and it's there, right? 
And so as you think about that question, which is really, why am I seeking short-term pleasure over long-term joy? You'll get some insight as to what you are thinking about your circumstances. And this is the drum roll moment. You will get the insight that those external things That external pleasure, those circumstances and situations have absolutely no control over you until you give it to them, until you decide, I'm going to go for this short-term pleasure over my long-term joy of achieving a result, of managing this relationship, of getting this done, and how that will feel in the future for me. And that is the crux of all of this, is to be able to think beyond the pleasure and think to the joy and what it would be like in the future, future version of yourself when you wake up in the morning without a hangover, when you step on the scale and you see the number go down, when you walk out onto the stage and feel an immense sense of confidence and executive presence, that is where we can create joy in the present moment to support you managing the urge for pleasure and whatever it is that you want to have in that moment and to say, you know what I want more? I want that joy. I want the long-term joy. So I want to end here with giving you an overview of an exercise that we do in the inner circle, and it is called the exception. And we go through a worksheet so that we can integrate the pleasures of life along with the joys of life. And we want the joy to be first and foremost within our creation. We create that from within and then we're like, hey, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of pleasure onto my joy, and this is how I'm going to do it. And we go through this worksheet, and it basically asks you to be very clear about what the exception will be. So if you generally are not drinking and you would like to have some cocktails on New Year's Eve, you get very clear, at least 24 hours ahead of time and say, this is exactly what I am going to do. I am going to have three glasses of champagne, or I'm going to have three cocktails at the beginning of the night, and then I'm going to have one glass of champagne at the strike of midnight, or whatever it is for you. And you decide ahead of time what the pleasure is going to be and think about the impact that that pleasure will have on the next day. And it may be that you decide, you know what? I'm okay being hungover on the 1st of January. That's okay with me. And then I will begin again on the 1st. And when we approach joy over pleasure in that way and truly think about what is going on in our mind and how we are telling stories and purposely focusing in on what is joyful in our lives and purposefully creating an exception to include pleasures in our life, what's really going on here is that you are actively 
practicing self-leadership. You are being conscious about your life and how you are going to live it. And here's the thing. When we do that, that in and of itself is joyful. It feels really good to have command over your mind and your emotions and your body, no matter what the challenge is, no matter what is going on in your life. So, As you approach the end of this year, that's when this podcast will be coming out, embrace all of the lessons that you have learned about pleasure and mind chatter and how you've been telling stories and now consciously decide to create joy on purpose, to use joy to command your life to live a fulfilling life and to create joy in all of the good emotions as much as you possibly can. Do that, give yourself that gift this holiday season and in this season of your life because you absolutely deserve it. You are a leader, you lead others and you deserve to lead yourself and to feel the joy that comes with it. Hey there, if you are ready to take your well-beingness to the next level, come visit thewellness.coach where I've got lots of free resources. And make sure that you type in thewellness.coach, not .com, and I will see you there. 